This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a new episode of I've Got a Secret. Mary Alice Stevenson's career reads like, well, a magazine. She started her career under Anna Wintour, working her way up to fashion director of Marie Claire magazine. She has spent time at Vogue, Allure, Esquire, and Harper's Bazaar, and has styled the likes of Sarah Jessica Parker, Renee Zellweger, and more. But after 25 years in the business, she decided to pivot to a new venture, fusing her fashion experience with philanthropy. Mary Alice's nonprofit, Glam for Good, uses the power of fashion and beauty to instill confidence in those living in underserved communities and unfortunate circumstances. Glam for Good donates products, styling services, and wellness treatments to help people glow from the outside in. From prom dresses to hospital services, Glam for Good is on a mission to make everyone feel their most glamorous. This is the secret to living a glamorous life. So I have been so excited, Mary Alice, to just be here today with you and for all of the listeners to get to hear about everything you do because, wow, what a beautiful, beautiful adventure and venture you're doing. Thank you, Robin. It has been, I mean, honestly, as tough as it's gotten and and pivoting into a very... uh, often challenging world of philanthropy. Um, It is truly an honor and I feel blessed and excited and inspired every day, even through the the most uh, challenging and dark times, which we all go through as founders and CEOs. Yes, I can just imagine. But like you just said, it's got to be so rewarding to be able to do what you're doing because just me reading about it just really touched my heart. So Thank you so much for having the heart and the courage and the strength and power to take this on because when I think about everyone you're helping, you just help make it a beautiful world. So thank you. (laughs) Well, well, you're welcome. (laughs) And I I just feel it it, it, in the scheme of life, you know, it's just, it's my duty, really. Um, I saw after serving in the fashion industry for so many years, Um, as fashion director of Harper's Bazaar at Vogue, as you said, and just, you know, creating some of the the biggest uh, photo shoots, covers, well-known covers, ad campaigns in the world. And I just saw how as glorious as it was, it wasn't purpose-driven for me. And being able to connect um, all that uh, fashion and beauty in that industry um, to empower and address clothing and self-care insecurity in America became um, really an obsession of mine. I think any founder of a nonprofit that starts only with love, you know, Glam for Good was love-fueled. I didn't sell a company. I didn't, um, you know, uh, have a family foundation. Yep. Glam for Good was love-fueled. I saw a need. There's so much excess clothing and self-care products in, in the industry 
and to take other people's dead stock and things that they were throwing away and turning it into um, gold for people that have clothing and self-care insecurity in America is truly what Glam for Good is about. Oh, I love it. So, so now tell us when you started ideating Glam for Good. I think just, you know, I had been in the, the uh, fashion industry um, at a high level for 20 plus years, and I loved it. I mean, I love my photo shoots with Jennifer Lopez, Beyonce, Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, you name it. I mean, I pretty much worked with styled and creative directed, you know, every top celebrity uh, under the sun. And we put them on the covers of the magazines I was director for. Um, and it was so absolutely awesome, Robin, all of it, you know, um, but I, but I just kept thinking there's got to be more to this and there's going to be more because it's also, you know, can be ridiculous, materialistic, superficial. And at the end of the day, some of these magazines, although the pictures are glorious, some of these magazines are thrown in the trash. And I kept, you know, just seeing all this need at the same time. I was working for a lot of nonprofits and I, I kept seeing people suffering uh, wherever I was traveling across the United States. And I'd be on a way to some glamorous, you know, uh, photo shoot and there'd be people on the way they're suffering. And then I also saw a lot of excess, which is kind of the dark secret of the self-care and fashion industry is that there's so much stock that isn't utilized. And instead of repurposing it. It was, you know, put into landfills. It was burned in incinerators. And I just thought this is absolutely um, sickening, truly. It's bad for the environment. And all of this excess can be used to address over 37 million people living in poverty in our own backyard in the USA. And so that's when we really started to glam for good and working with top brands like H&M, Ulta Beauty, Estee Lauder, uh, American Eagle, Gap, to take their excess and pop up free shops across the country in disaster zones, in domestic violence shelters, in uh, homeless shelters, in schools. And so we could give away all this excess and help people at the same time help empower their dignity. You know, people in the USA should not be hurting. You know, they really shouldn't. We're, we have so much here to help people with. So that became a calling where I started doing, wanting to do less of the photo shoots and working with the celebrities as a quote unquote celebrity stylist. And I just wanted to be in the trenches using fashion to help. And I think, as you know, when, when it's divine and it's, and it's driven by kind of a spiritual way, really, it became something I couldn't stop doing. And slowly but surely the nonprofit started growing. Wow. So it's been quite a learning safari. <laughs> wow. You really touched on something that I want to kind of go back to because when you were talking about being at these fashion shoots and these very influential people being in the fashion shoots, you know, having their photos taken, yes, they're very glamorous. And I don't want to say anything negative about it because an entire photo shoot involves some very very oh, talented yeah. people. You know, I say yeah. bravo to all of those. So I understand what you're saying, that when you're a part right. of all of that, at the end of the day, when you go home, you're you're exhausted and you've seen some brilliant people at hard at work. However, right. at the same time, I understand then 
that next step, that need you had to then think, okay, after all of that is done and bravo to everyone who was involved, the fact that you could then take all of that glamour, all of the excess, like you said, and be able to turn it into glam for good. Congratulations. Thank you. I I mean, all the the teams, Robin, that just as you say, all the teams that I worked with through my entire career, all supported and helped and got involved. So in no, in no way would I ever, I mean, I still work with, you know, and rely on the fashion community that has supported me my entire career. And I could never have done Glam for Good without the fashion, my fashion career. Um, But for me, what, you know, we have to, we come to a point in our career um, when we uh, have to really look inside and ask what's going to make, what, how can I serve? What is with my talent, what is most important? And, and, and for me, I'm, I made that choice to kind of take all um, uh, of my connections in fashion and my passion for it and connect it with something that was more purpose-driven for me. And that is, and I never stopped fashion. I consulted all throughout uh, my career as Glam for Good has been growing. And I continued to style and do covers as the nonprofit was growing. So I totally, you know, I have mad respect for everyone in the industry, huge part of what we do. And many of the stylists, makeup artists, photographers, models, um, and celebrities have come and, and, come on to our glam at our glam for good events and supported. Yes, I totally agree because, you know, I started a nonprofit foundation when Georgia smiled that focuses on domestic. I'm a fan of, which we need to do something together. We'd love, I would love that. I was thinking the same thing because we do focus on domestic violence and sexual assault victims and families. And uh, I totally agree with you. I would love to partner because we are in the industry that you're the very industry you're talking about. And I sat in over almost 4,000 shows now, and it's the courageous people that come and seek advice and help to get out of violent situations that do deserve exactly what you're talking about. There are so many people out there that can benefit. And it is those, it, it, it's those very people that you're talking about that talented people that want to step up as well and say, let me help. So it is, let me it is a tool to feel take, good about. Yes, it takes a village. It does take a village. And I think one of the things that, that when your dignity is empowered and your self-esteem is empowered, you know, you can deal with some pretty tough stuff. If you're feeling good and you, and you going out there to get that job, going out there to get that mortgage, going out there to, to meet someone regarding your child's schooling, you want to look your best and to be able to have a appearance um, in a way that you choose it, it to be and have the tools um, to, to do that is critical. I mean, clothing and self-care is just as important as food and water and shelter and money. We have to wear clothes. I agree. Right? So it is critical. And I think sometimes people underestimate the power of of self-esteem and having the people having the tools. You know, here in New York City, we work a lot with New York City Child Services, and we just did an event last week. And, you know, there are, uh, you know, thousands uh, of 
people, tens of thousands living without basic, their ba being, you know, without underwear, without socks, without a winter coat. And, it, you know, it, it's in every major city in the United States. I mean, it's Sadly. everywhere in the United States. Yep. And it, it's, it really shouldn't be that way, especially if we have brands out there that have access that can give coats, give sweaters, give denim, give workwear, give underwear, you know, give sleepwear for kids. They can donate these, these products, whether to Glam for Good or other organizations um, and, and help. Yes. Um, so I think that's really what I saw was happening. And, um, and that's really what we focus on, on doing. Oh, I, um, I love it. I love it. Now your initiatives at Glam for Good are all just phenomenal. I want to highlight some of those. We're getting into the cold months. So tell us about the bundle up. The bundle up. Well, we just, the bundle up is really a fun, joyous event that is a way to get people in need warm winter clothing, um, sweaters, mittens, gloves, hats, the entire, the entire family. Um, we did one in Detroit um, uh, right before the pandemic. And throughout the pandemic, we sent a lot out to our to our partners across the country, even though we couldn't actually do events, uh -huh. our partners would pop it up. And it really is just a way to provide um, warm winter clothes. We just did one uh, last week with 300 uh, seniors um, at a high school in New York City. Um, and that was just really just great, you know, getting them what they need that they don't have to to use some something that's used, which is fine too. Yeah. But I think that what we find is whether it's in a natural disaster zone or a hospital or a shelter, um, the ability to be able to choose something for yourself is just as powerful as receiving that jacket, receiving that uh, work outfit, because so many people have lost their choices and I think that that is also a, a real self-esteem and dignity booster when you can go into an event and it's a shopping spree for free and you can pick what you need to bundle up in or where to work in or what your family needs. And, and that's really what we try to do. We never, we put it all out like a shop. We take away ex, excess wrapping. We let people come in and pick for themselves what they need for the, themselves and their family. And you know, Robin, you know this from the domestic violence uh, work that you do. Most of the women pick for their entire families before they'll ever pick for themselves. That's so true. Oh. Right? And so we're always oh. like, take so you need to have some time. Pamper yourself. Women yes. are just incredible. Moms yes. always look out for their families. They're always at the bottom of that list. They're always at the bottom of that list. Like, don't put yourself yes. at the top of the list once in a while. You know, it was years ago, and I can't remember how many years ago, but Philip and I, through the Dr. Phil show, partnered with Burlington Coat Factory. And yes. I believe it was in Virginia. This is how long ago it's been. It's but we had a empty building and they filled it with their coats and we were able to in, bring all the people in the town together, families, and it, the parents got to bring their children and walk in and let them just pick whatever coat they wanted. Uh, and it was amazing. just so heartwarming and so beautiful to see them be able to take their children in and just say, pick whatever coat you want. And the kids just uh, had so much fun knowing that I can have any coat I want. And it was about to get really cold. And uh, I, it just 
it was so heartwarming to be able to do that. It really is. And, you know, you, I've been a big fan of your helping people your entire career and life. And, and so I would be absolutely honored to do a Glam for Good pop-up inside um, the organization that you um, champion and provide workwear clothes for the kids and for the families um, there, the women there and do some great personal care. So just, just you say when (laughs) and we're there. Oh, thank you so much. I got, a little teary right now because <laughs> I can't wait. Thank you. It's a deal. Yes. It's a deal. Virtual, a- virtual handshake. <laughs> <laughs> so everything you're doing is just really, truly fantastic. I also loved reading about prom glam slam. Tell us about that. Oh, <laughs> we did. Um, we use fashion in all different types of ways and we custom create initiatives depending on our community partners. So recently we popped up um, at a hospital and worked with 150 kids with life-threatening illnesses and created a prom for them with the, within, you know, in the walls of the hospital. And um, we were dressing them in their hospital beds and, and just seeing, I think, uh, just seeing that joy and, you know, making something special that the parents can also be a part of after they've been, you know, just so devastated, uh, being, you know, watching their children suffer to see their children um, have a smile on their face. And so we do this often with various hospitals and organizations um, where we will provide, you know, prom, prom dresses and, you know, oh, all that stuff that's glam. Oh, I and, love it. Um, and uh, we also did an incredible uh, glam for good give with um, for uh, uh, former first lady, Michelle Obama, which was fantastic. And she was so inspiring and we did it. We popped up at a military base um, and we worked with a military pregnant, um, uh, active duty uh, service women or spouses of active duty service um, servicemen. And it was a really great uh, initiative with Mrs. Obama. And just, you know, I think, Anywhere we can give, you know, whether it's a, you know, whatever the situation, if there's a need for clothing or personal care, we also do eyewear and eye care. We we will pop up. Wow. And wow. give. Wow. It's just so inspiring. It's just beautiful, beautiful. And especially anytime there's a child in need, that's where right. I'm going to be. That's, it's just, <laughs> I mean, especially at a hospital like that. That's just yes. all of that. Or military, beautiful. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The first page of a book never tells the full story. 
And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I think right now it's a good time to do our first thing we do. We do two things with every podcast, and our first one is a drink of the day. Of course, this is virtual, but we create a drink for our podcast and for our guest. And so we have named this drink the Glam Teeny. <laughs> so as you can see, I love it. this drink is the Glam Teeny. And for all of our listeners, I am holding up this beautiful martini glass. And this is a glamorous dessert martini. This is a the perfect way to finish off your next dinner party. It's two ounces of vanilla vodka, one ounce of amarula, and one half ounce of chocolate sauce, and a splash of cherry juice, if you can believe it. It is so beautiful and so delicious. You combine all of the ingredients into a shaker with ice, shake until frothy, and serve up in a martini glass. For a decadent upgrade, serve with chocolate squares. So, cheers to oh. you. Oh, and cheers. And I've always been told you can't say cheers without actually tasting the drink. So this is for you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it looks oh, yummy. My gosh, that is so delicious. <laughs> so for all of you listeners, go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you can see this beautiful Glamtini and you can get the recipe for it. I just love that. Oh, that was delicious. So I'm dying to ask you about your start in the fashion industry, working under Anna Wintour. So oh. she hired me. And so it was a big team of junior editors. And it, I was like the Devil Wears Prada. I came from Michigan and I wasn't that fashionable. <laughs> and I had crazy, you know, this is a while ago. I had, you know, crazy over the top shoulder pads on like I do today and yeah. big hair. And, um, you know, I wasn't a stereotypical, I didn't know anybody at Vogue. I wasn't a socialite. I wasn't, you know, a New York City girl. I was from the Midwest. And she, I'll never forget walking in the office with her and she had her big sunglasses on and she interviewed me. And, you know, I was just obsessed with fashion and I knew everything about Vogue and about her career and we just hit it off. And it was an incredible uh, ride at Vogue. And it taught me about persistence and hard work. And you know, and I know that the fashion industry is some of the hardest working people you'll ever meet, um, dedicated all hours. And her work ethic was really admirable. And to this day, um, what I learned there has helped me as a founder and CEO now of Glam for Good. Oh, I love that. So I have to ask, how did you get the interview with her? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I, I heard about it. Um, through like the HR department. I mean, this is before any social media, Robin, right? And I hopped on a train and I and I got in there and I think she kind of, um, you know, I was, you know, I'm a tall, I'm six feet tall and I'm curvy, right? So and big hair, curvy, six feet tall, walk in. And I wasn't kind of, actually, I learned about fashion at Vogue and in my career, I wasn't the most fashionable. Like I, I learned more about fashion before I became a stylist through working at Vogue. And 
she just, um, so it was, you know, someone, you know, saw my potential and gave me a, a, a break. And I think, you know, fashion, there's a lot of females in fashion and I think women supporting women and women supporting young women. And I mean, I, I truly feel so blessed. I couldn't have founded Glam for Good even without some of the support of, of, of the industry. And Anna is just, I mean, she's still there. She's an icon. She I mean, is. She is. Incredibly, incredibly that, inspiring. That's on my bucket list is to just be able to be, uh, just to meet her, you know, just to say hello yeah. to her because I really do admire her. I used to be scared of saying hello to her in the elevator. Really? You know, when you're younger and she's yeah. like, yeah. you know, I was an assistant there and yeah. she was the editor in chief. And then throughout my career, I would see her. And when I changed, I went over to be the fashion director of Harper's Bazaar. She was always kind and hello. And, you know, um, but she also taught me that women can be strong and firm and decisive and they can get mad and it's okay. When you're leading a company and running something, you don't always have to be, you know, lovey-dovey and, you know, that women often are given a bad rap when they're strong and firm. And Anna, she was really good at showing me um, what a CEO, editor-in-chief and a leader look like as a woman. Uh -huh. Well, I think that women can be strong and firm right. and that doesn't equate exactly. to being mean and hateful and vicious. Exactly. They I can, agree with you. They can that have a beautiful love. heart and still be strong and powerful. Right. Exactly. And there wasn't, you know, women would always get a bad rap um, then, you know, when you and I were starting in our careers. Um, when they were, you know, strong. So it's really great to, was great, great to learn that from Anna Wintour and then take that into now as, as I'm, you know, leading a, a growing nonprofit. And even though it's giving and even though it's loving and, and feels really good for the nonprofit to grow and for us to expand, you know, I have to be firm and say no and be strong to get what we deserve to be able to give it to others. That's right. You know, I feel like sometimes I want to point out that women are so powerful, especially because we're not only women, but we're CEOs, we're career women, we're wives, we're mothers, we're matriarchs. So you have to be pretty strong and powerful to be able to do everything that women do. I mean, it's, I was at lunch today, Robin, with seven female moms, CEOs, all finally getting together after the pandemic. And we're all exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> but we were just saying, like, how incredible we are to be able to you know, listen, you don't do everything well, but sometimes you get one side of the business right. Sometimes you get the mothering thing right. That's sometimes right. you're a great wife. You know, it's a juggling act, That's right, right, at all times. That's exactly but right. But I think expressing, you know, the good and the bad and the sometimes ugly is okay too. I that it doesn't totally have to agree. be this pretty Instagram picture of it all because it's a lot to juggle, but we are capable. I totally, <laughs> I completely agree. You know, I was just thinking just this week, I was having this pretty much the same conversation and I said, you know, it's no accident that I raised two very strong, very competent sons. I have a 42-year-old son and a 35-year-old son, and they're pretty brilliant. They're brilliant. They're strong, confident, and they're just as sweet and precious as they could be. I still call them baby, and they have yet to tell me I can't. And <laughs> I've been married 45 years to a really strong man. So I think that speaks to 
my ability to be a strong woman <laughs> and at the right. same time still be loving and right. kind and because I just have to look at my boys. They are just precious, but boy, they are strong and powerful. I think women, it's okay for women to understand that they can have boundaries. That's right. And you can have boundaries with your husband, boundaries with, with your employees, with your kids. That's right. And, you know, it is a, a balancing act, but um, I think probably your success with, with your marriage, with your podcast, with your sons and your entire career in giving is because of the times when you've been firm and laid it down. That's right. That's right. And I think it's no. okay for women to give themselves a pat on the back. I think they, we don't yes. do that enough. Yes. Give yourself I, a pat on the back and, and be okay with it. You know, it's, it's amazing that you say, say this. And I think because of your work in domestic violence shelters with your organization, you and I both know that often when you start to work with a recipient, um, they are so concerned with everybody else. And once you take care of everybody else in their families or address those needs and you start working with them, you know, that, fr that they put on this no matter what they've gone through, usually a pretty strong front. But the moment you can actually connect and say, I'm here right now for you, it's okay. And, and, and someone feels safe to let go a little bit. You know, you, you, you do get women extremely emotional. And actually then after that, they feel better. It's very hard for women to, no matter what they've gone through, and we've worked with women that have gone through some of the most tragic circumstances, and they're super strong in that moment but you take them away and love them up a little bit, woman to woman, or, you know, um, and just tell them, we're here, how can I help you? You don't, you know, we've got you. Uh -huh. And when they feel taken care of is when they finally can let go a little bit uh -huh. and let down a little bit. I agree. It's, you know, I go all over the country and speak on behalf of my foundation and, and on behalf of uh, survivors of domestic violence, I like to call them. And uh, I usually will end my speeches with always go with your gut when you're speaking to women and strangers or friends, anyone. Right. And when you're really saying, hi, or how are you? And really yeah. look them in the eye when they answer you. Really just pay attention and think, oh, I'm fine. But really listen and look at them because sometimes if you say, are you really okay? Is everything really fine? Because when they really have a chance to answer you a second time is when they understand, oh, she really truly wants to know how I'm doing. This is my chance to tell this woman who cares. I'm not okay. I need someone exactly. to help me. That's, exactly. when you, that's when you can save someone's life. I absolutely agree with you. And I'm so, uh, what a blessing for, for um, the women and uh, the survivors in your organization to, to have, you know, I'm sure you have an incredible group around you to have you do that and understand that and, and um, your team. So it is, it's creating a safe place for women, no matter what environment you're in, you could do this in a work environment mm -hmm. as well, right? Exactly. So, I feel like you're in the same world though. I feel like you're doing the yes. same thing. You're yes, giving that opportunity to so many people. In the dressing rooms, uh, when you're a stylist or whether I, you know, you're working with survivors or recipients at a nonprofit, it can be intimate, right? So I've worked with some of the biggest celebrities, you know, and you're 
you're in that space and, and when you're open and honest and come with, um, love and integrity, often people feel that and they share with you and open up with you. And, um, I think it's just, you know, just trying to be there to, to help people and listen is also sometimes more important than providing, uh, a jacket or, you know, a sweater or just to, to, to witness what they're going through and offer a hug or, um, you know, I think, I feel like, you know, you, there's a moment that I know that's coming up that I, you ask about a secret. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yes. I, yes. I feel like I need to tell my secret now. <laughs> okay. Tell your secret now. Tell your secret. Well, we usually do it at the end of the podcast, but let me hear your secret now. I feel like, oh, well, no. it's, it's mostly the, this thought of the, the navigational power of, of human spirit. And I just feel as you're talking, you know, my team and I have seen women who have lost, um, you know, limbs at war, their breasts from cancer, their way from uh, domestic uh, abuse or substance abuse, their homes from natural disaster and just just human spirit and, and how it guides you and, um, and connection is, is really to me, the secret sauce of, of everything we do as humans, um, that, that seeing people overcome and, and supporting each other is the best kind of philanthropy you can do, uh, beyond giving something, um, support and being there for each other and, and, uh, I think that to me is one of the most important secrets of my journey that that uh, I've learned seeing women go through so much, but they survive and get through it because of the power of spirit and connection. I agree. That's beautiful. Thank you. I don't know if that's really a secret. It's I think just it something to witness. I mean, no. I think it yeah. that came from <laughs> your like heart. People, yeah, I feel like people don't people underestimate themselves sometimes. And, you know, you and I have seen people that have really had challenges. And so I would say to your listeners out there, no matter the challenge, um, you know, we all have challenges in our life to tap into connection, telling people what you need, asking for help and never underestimate yourself to Uh, be able to, to, to soar. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much. Do you have a glam for good success story you'd like to share? Oh gosh. Well, there is, um, there is so many, I, I think, um, after the campfires, the fires in California, I mean, I guess that would be a great to share. We, we worked with the city of paradise, California that had been burned to the ground and we popped up in the one place, the elementary school that actually was, okay. And we popped up in the gym. We worked with the 350 teachers that had actually, after the fires, when all the families were dealing with insurance and figuring out where they were going to go, the teachers created these pop-up tents to keep teaching the kids, even though they had lost everything. And we, um, the, the superintendent of the school reached out to us and they said, will you come to paradise that these teachers don't have anything and everyone else had time to take care of themselves, but they were busy with the students. So we popped up right there in the gym and we provided clothing for their entire families, workwear, um, you know, leisure wear, activity wear, coats, um, bathing suits, 
Uh, we got them eyeglasses, oh. um, eye prescriptions and eyeglasses, self-care items. And it was truly, um, you know, these teachers were just, you know, these women were just bawling, bawling, oh. men too, you know. So that was a, a, a really beautiful, great give that we did. Oh, that's and beautiful. We're, we're off to Florida, to Orlando next a week, and we're working with a thousand transient families that are living, um, you know, the, that are homeless, but not necessarily in a shelter in their cars. And so we actually, they bring their cars up and we'll give them bags of Glam for Good, which is can actually smaller self-care products, shampoo, feminine hygiene, razors, uh, underwear, socks, some of the very basic things um, in smaller amounts in a, in a bag they can put over their shoulders. Um, we have a thousand families coming. So I think, you know, clothing and self-care beauty can sometimes be so, you know, uh, basic, ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. But it can really also really be so pow- such a powerful tool to heal and help people get ahead. Oh, that is so wonderful. I'd love to talk about when you were at Marie Claire at your dream job. I'm sure there were so many people looking at you thinking you had it all when really you felt unfulfilled. Is that true? I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think after I was a fashion director at Marie Claire and after that went to be fashion director at Harper's Bazaar. And it was really at Harper's Bazaar, we started uh, doing some initiatives with Oprah and, you know, like you, who's such a proponent of using your life to make a difference, Oprah was too. And I remember something she said is, you know, how can you use your life to help others? And even though I had just been fashion director of Marie Claire and I was now at my dream job, a fashion director at Harper's Bazaar, this high fashion magazine, I loved it. I loved every second of it. But somehow I felt a calling that it would needed to, I needed to connect all these people that I knew in the industry and all of my passion for this um, with, with Glam for Good and with others to help other people feel beautiful too. So um, I think um, it was, I was not happy. I was, I was a fashion director at Harper's Bazaar. I was traveling. I was in Milan, Paris, you know, London, all the fashion shows, doing covers of every major star. And I loved it. But at the same time, I felt like I felt an absence of purpose for me and, and, but you know, Robin, every single person on my journey has now helped uh, create Glam for Good. And now we've, we've worked with over 35,000 recipients in, you know, community partners across the nation. And there have been really through my entire career, I could never, I was not took a community. Everyone in my career has basically helped at some point given product or is now on my board or supported me. And that's the beauty of life that when you reach out to people and say, this is what I need. And you make, if it matters to you, it matters to others, right? Yes. And you're, you're so compelling. You, you've never, uh, you've always been emotionally open and, and my uh, time, you know, whether I've seen you on the show years back or listening to your podcast. And I think that's beautiful to be able to express yourself and say, this is what matters to me. And you know what? It usually matters to other people too, when it's coming from your authentic self, right? Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you so much. 
because it's always been very important to me to truly be and stay authentic. Because yes. without that, I would be very disappointed in myself if I couldn't go to bed every night and, and know that I am stay true to myself and to who I am. Right. And I mean, also, I think work ethic. I mean, you, you've worked so hard throughout your career um, to be successful. And I think that's another thing that sometimes philanthropy, and you know this, running your non, starting your nonprofit, a lot of times, you know, we need to help uh, nonprofit leaders across this country. They are doing incredible uh, work uh, and they don't, you know, and it's grueling. And, um, and their work ethic is, you know, you cannot start and run a nonprofit without a huge amount of work. And we often, as nonprofit leaders, don't get the tools. You know, you and I have had more tools because of our careers prior. Um, but so, uh, I think offering help in any way to any community nonprofit uh, leader that you think that you know you identify with or are compelled by is 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 really important. Oh, I think that is so true because you cannot do it alone, and volunteers are so important. Which brings me to my next question: Please tell us how we can all get involved in Glam for Good. Well, you can go on glamforgood.com. Or on Instagram, uh, Glam for Good, G L A M number four G O O D on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, Instagram, we're constantly showing everything, which is the way that really um, helped. We would show the gives that we're giving, so um, brands see the products we're giving, our supporters see where we're giving, and it's just been something that we started to do, and it's really helped us. Um, and we get permission from all recipients that are on any social. Um, and it's, it's such a joyful, the events are so joyful and people are very excited. And so it's a, it's, it's a very happy um, experience, even in sometimes really dark places. And so we always need volunteers across the country. Um, you can reach out to us um, on glamforgood.com. There's an, you know, an information email or on any social and we'll get back to you. And I just want to also thank you, Robin, because you know, to support a founder and CEO of another nonprofit is to me heroic oh. because I am not like, you know, you know, I'm well known in my fashion career, but I'm not a superstar. Oh. And you chose to have me on your podcast and support what I'm doing. And I am blown away. Oh. It is very uh, just, it's awesome that you do this and, and give someone like me a chance to talk about Glam for Good and what we're doing. I really am grateful. Oh my gosh. You are just beautiful. You are just a wonderful, beautiful, kind, loving woman. And I can't thank you enough for coming on my podcast and telling me and all of my listeners about your beautiful foundation. I, I mean, I'm really overwhelmed by the goodness in your heart and, and everything Thanks. you stand for. And I encourage all of my listeners right now to go to your Instagram, to every website, everything that you have sure. and do everything you can to learn more about how you can volunteer listeners, because I know I'm going to, I am overwhelmed at everything that you do. And thank you for the compliments, but I feel the same way about you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a beautiful journey that you're on right now, helping so many people traveling across the country, doing everything you do. I just, I can't 
tell you how moved I am. And I thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Uh, well, it's an honor. Oh. And, you know, we, we need people like you to, to keep the word going. And I mean it. You and me, we're going to go and do some work in the domestic violence sector. We're going to support you and your nonprofit. I think a lot of women out there need support and yes. work where and self-care um, and for their families. So you name it, Great. I'll be there. So we've come to a place in the podcast that we always end with, and that's our game of the day. Do you like playing games? Sure, I love it. I love games. So we've created a game for this podcast, and it's called Cover Girls. <laughs> so you are a complete master at magazine publishing. So I thought it would be fun to play a game that gets back to your roots. I am going to show you a photo from an iconic magazine cover without any okay. text or logos. And you're going to try to guess which magazine it came from. Okay. So, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, so Secret Squad, I'll explain the photo to you and also post them on the I've Got a Secret Instagram page. So I'm going to hold up the first one for you. And you're going to tell me. Uh, I would say, I mean, that is a Jean-Paul Goud, uh, Goud uh, photograph, potentially. I can't see who the actress is. Okay, this is Kim Kardashian. Oh, Kim Kardashian. And... Um, and is it Bazaar, a, a recent Harper's Bazaar? Can you tell I she's can't. dressed in black? She's holding a bottle of champagne. The cork has come off and it's going yeah. over here. So it's Paper Magazine, Break oh, the paper. Internet Issue. I'm oh, so fantastic. sorry. I can't, you can't see it. I'm sorry. I can't see it very well, but it reminds me of a cover I did that broke the internet with Britney Spears. Oh, and it dear. was a crazy uh, time. And Britney was, uh, you know, being hounded and she was actually we she didn't want to wear any clothes so oh, <laughs> i believe that i believe so that as a mag as a fashion director trying to decide what to do i had to get you know something on her so we made her cover up and we uh, you know put her hands across her chest and we put a big huge louis vuitton necklace around <laughs> and it broke the it actually broke the internet oh so um so anything Kim Kardashian break, does breaks the internet, and I think Britney does too. <laughs> okay, so here's another. We're going to carry this one closer okay. to the camera for you. Okay. This next one is Britney Spears. Looks like she's on some pink satin sheets, and she's holding a, mm, a stuffed animal that's purple. And she's on the telephone. And yeah, there she goes. She's on the cover of... Can you tell? Uh, it would have to be Cosmo 17. Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Sarah Jessica Oh, I Parker. know who that is. Sarah Jessica Parker, the cover of Harper's Bizarre Style by Mary Alice Stevenson. Yay! <laughs> you got that one, bitch. Thanks yours. for putting one is, of my covers in there. That, that, we saved <laughs> it for last. This one is so beautiful and awesome. Thank you. I love it. Was it was actually cold when we, we did that cover with Sarah Jessica Parker. It was freezing cold. <gasps> really? And, yeah, it was winter in December uh, in New York <gasps> wow. at the end of December. And we had a big, huge parka she had on. And we would whip it off and, you know, ha hold it to the side. And she'd run down the Brooklyn Bridge path. And then we 
put the coat on her. And, and we did this take like 50 times and we got the cover and it was, you know, one of the all time favorite Harper's Bazaar covers oh, yeah. out there. So it's probably my favorite of everyone that that is Thank beautiful. You. I can't believe she did it 50 times. I love her Thank so much. She's well, so great. Gosh. She's such a girl's girl. Yeah. Such a nice person. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a hard worker, isn't she? She's a really, she's a super hard worker. Yeah. And, um, and just, you know, I think seven sisters and brothers, incredible human, oh. real, real, such a, a big sweetheart. I loved, I've loved my time working with her and, uh, I yeah. Love, I love yeah. hearing that. Well, sadly, yeah. that brings us to the end of the episode. I'm, I'm heartbroken. <gasps> Oh, I know. I need to come back and talk fashion with you. You yes. look great. What's your, you've got a great bow in your hair. I love it. It's very chic. Well, I have, I, I, I came from the studio. We taped two shows today. So I, this, I'm still dressed from the second show. So I threw my hair up in a ponytail and I put this little Dior scarf in awesome. around my ponytail and I'm wearing a Dior sweater Beautiful. and I have on some blue jeans. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank it's good. You. It's so great. And thank you so much for having us. And I look forward to glamming for good with you yes. in partnership with your nonprofit. And thanks to all of the listeners out there for supporting. And thank you, Robin, for having me. Oh, thank you so much. You've just been wonderful. This has just been so, so precious and lovely and wonderful. You can tell I'm from Texas. Everything is precious. <laughs> So now please once again, tell the listeners how to find out more information about you and Glam for Good online. Um, Glam for Good is a nonprofit that addresses clothing and self-care insecurity. And you can find us on glamforgood.com or on Instagram or Twitter at Glam for Good. So follow. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. And Secret Squad, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for more information about today's episode, as well as photos, recipes, and blogs. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>